Then I believe that's that. Crikey. Yeah, I, I think we should have we should have sound. We should have all of you saying hello in the chat. Um, hello, it's it's Rail Natter. It's episode one hundred and seventy. What went wrong in the National College for High Speed Rail? Um, hopefully this will be a bit of a bit of a discursive episode. Uh, I've not necessarily got a huge amount of slide action. Uh, Boris Lav, hello. Have I come to the right place for Tatra locomotive appreciation? It might as well have, um, Boris Lav. Oh, uh, are you getting this sound through the new mic uh, microphone? I hope you all are. Um, <laughs> yeah. Anyway, it's episode 170, which means we've got to um, we've we've got to, of course, tip our hat to what for me when I was growing up was the new train, because I grew up with 158s as my local. Uh, train and here we have uh what was the branding of them at the time as well it's the um oh is it not it wasn't stage national express group owned scott rail and they had this weird red pink and green sort of quite 90s -y vibes but early but transferred into the early that's the sort of colors you'd expect a regatta fleece to be kind of uh in in the in the late 90s anyway um yeah there we are class 170 um turbo star looking already dated even though this photo was probably taken when it was fairly new anyway uh 17426 is probably one of the trains i catched a harrogate there it is anyway uh they're all down in in down in the north i don't know why i did a southern accent because uh because the north is the south if you're scottish anyway um enough of that we are here of course to talk about where did i put this Yes, <laughs> we are here of course to talk about the national college for high speed rail um and that's precisely what we're going to do. Everyone. Um, <laughs> yeah, I know, I know. It's, it's all it's good to see you all in the chat. Hello. Yes. Um, welcome to tonight's Rail Natter. Tick tock, tick tock. It's seven o'clock. That must mean it's time for... You got me out of thing. It's time for Rail Natter. Rail Natter. She drove the trains well Rail matter, rail matter, because it's a new gaff, isn't it? New gaff, isn't it? It's my show. Rail matter, log on. Rail matter. It matters. It's about trains. Log on. And what fresh hell have we got this week? Anyway, uh, yes. <laughs> Thanks, Tim. <laughs> he just sent me that on WhatsApp the other day. It's quite something. Anyway, um, <laughs> yes, a uh, very, very brief bit of news because it's happening right now. Um, yes, the DFT is attempting some weird stolen valor shit on... Um, on, on Japan's high street, high speed rail network. Somehow they're trying to, like, full speed ahead... Transport Secretary Mark Harper took a ride on a Shinkansen bullet train in Tokyo to see some of the benefits high speed rail could bring to the UK to provide better access to jobs around the country to grow the economy. We have... <laughs> we have a high speed rail project! We have one! You have been... Uh, oh. We have it! It's existed for... For 14 years we could have completely built it by now if we weren't a useless country and your government has presided over its complete dem its complete destruction it's just slashing it to shreds what what you're on about man 
Anyway, he's currently getting ratioed because I replied with that level of frustration. And um, as of, well, I don't know, uh, five minutes, well, 10 minutes ago, um, uh, uh, approximately 10 times the likes to my tweet to the DFT one. Sorry, DFT. Uh, yeah, it's, it's always fun to have small, small schadenfreude from the uh, the hell that you put us through with this with the weird uh, weird tweets like this. Anyway, oh my goodness. It is, it is like they're saying, oh, imagine if we had a high-speed rail project and they want to... Remember, they nincompoops like this, snollygosters like Mark Harper want to have their own empire they want to create their own thing that they get remembered for so they are so you know even if we ignore treasury at the base level they don't want to deliver deliver someone else's project um but this is absolutely incredible uh, anyway enough of this absolutely enough of this we are uh going uh, we're going for small face let's get me in the top corner hello everyone um oh by the way uh before before we press on let's go let's go big face hi hi it's big face uh did, did any of you uh, notice our our new and you guessed in the corner of the um, in the corner of shot. That's right. It's it's Miles. Miles, they them. Hang, uh, actually, if anyone works for East Midlands Railway and can get a name badge, an official EMR name badge printed with Miles brackets they them, uh, it'll be on the, the, the EMR. You're getting a big plug because I think Miles is genius, and I love Miles, and we all love Miles. This is a pro Miles podcast. Uh, yeah, this is a pro. Yeah. Shout out to our non-binary pals. Miles, uh, I'm sorry, Miles is absolutely coded envy. Uh, and so I want a Miles They Them uh, badge. So if anyone works at, or knows someone who works at East Midlands Railways, make it happen. Anyway, I digress. I thought I just wanted to introduce Miles. Here is Miles hanging out behind us. Uh, if you if you uh, happen to run a railway company and you do fun stuff that might end up in the back of a, of a Railnar episode um, permanently, then it can happen. <laughs> so there we go. Uh you know who you, the person who made this happen you know who you are uh thanks because it's fun and i like that sort of thing and we want to collect all sorts of chaos behind us um and more and more chaos behind us for rail narrows this this is this is good fun stuff anyway right i digress let's talk about the high speed rail uh, national college for high speed rail uh, which is what its previous name was which is already a, a bit of a mouthful um so what was it we're going to start at the start because you know we like to go full Socratic method. What 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 was the National College Rice Braille? Uh, Gareth is asking uh, who is Miles and what's the story here. Um, uh, this is not a sponsored post, by the way. Uh, um, everyone in the chat, explain Miles to Gareth, please. Um, thank you. Anyway, I did. Bet you're right. I need to get Bessie's uh, Bessie's little um, sort of uh, stuffed toy badger. Um, uh, I'm trying. I've completely blanked. It starts with a uh, uh, Arlo. Arlo. I need to get an Arlo in the back. Yes, I need to get an Arlo in behind me. That would be a very. That's a very good idea. Um, I've got. I've got the book somewhere. Anyway, I need to get Bessie back on, don't we? Anyway, I digress. I'm getting distracted. Sorry, sorry, sorry. I'm very dehydrated, which is why I'm so easily distracted already. Um, right. Anyway, what was it? What was the National College Rice Brill? We must start um, by talking about uh, Bayes. Here is Bayes. Uh, what is Bayes? Bayes is is uh, is the department was the Department for Business, Energy, and Industrial Strategy. And, um, well, alongside, to a lesser extent, DFE and DFT, Department for Education, Department for Transport, um, had a plan related to this thing they came up with called the Industrial Strategy. They, they came up with an Industrial Strategy. It wasn't much of a strategy, but it was kind of attempting to sort of think about the future. It was a it was a Cameronian, Osbornian... Actually, it was a Vince Cableian type 
this was when Vince Cable was a thing. Um, uh, yes, um, and they came up with an industrial strategy. They wanted a longer-term plan. They wanted Britain to have a bit of a, uh, you know, to, to have some sort of plan for the future. Okay, it was woefully lacking because, you know, Treasury, same reason that the that the levelling up paper and the build back better has been kneecapped because of Treasury, but it was an attempt. And so it got this snazzy logo down here, this little little industrial strategy logo. And off the back of that, the railways got got a thing called the rail sector deal. Uh, we got the rail sector deal. And um, in theory, the rail sector deal was giving us two big headline things. One of them was that it would allow um, the production of more detailed plans and longer term roadmaps to provide greater certainty. Very good. Uh, and it would allow um, the, uh, allow the rail industry to develop and implement a long-term education and people strategy. Two very good things. These are these were, they were good aims. Um, Which is why you can't find the rail sector deal anymore. It's dead. More on that later. Um, so the history of this. So so that was that was all happening kind of early doors. One of the earlier things that the that, that Vince Cable did when when he was business secretary, um, and. So off the back of that, in September 2014, we got the announcement as part of the rail sector deal that we would have a... Actually, the, the rail sector deal was actually published in December 2018, so this is a little ahistoric. But basically, it was off the back of the the, the earlier industrial strategy, which, which was a, a, an earlier thing. Uh, we jumped forward to 20, September 2014, um, and we have the announcement of the new National College for High Speed Rail. Um, actually, it's going to be two campuses, um, one in Birmingham and one in Donny. This was a actually it was, it was the Department for Business Innovation Skills, Biz rather than Bayes. It had, they, hadn't, they hadn't put dumped energy into it, but um, yes, it was under Vince Cable um, and Patrick McLaughlin at DFT as well. Um, and this was kind of part of this was uh, the September twenty fourteen was announced, but actually it was part of a bigger announcement, which was the big. There will be a new generation. That was in December twenty fourteen. A new generation of national colleges will lead the revolution in high tech skills. It's it's kind of standard liberal stuff, you know, high tech skills, yada yada. Actually, the most recent um, cannot recommend the most recent trash future enough to to understand the insidiousness of some of this stuff. Like, it's not that high tech skills are bad. It's it's the it's the fact that the hope is that, and this is the college is a classic example of this, and we'll explain more of this when we talk about what went wrong. It's the, the idea that you do the, the you might do a little bit of very cheap pixie dust sprinkling, and then magical economic revolution will happen, um, which, as we know, doesn't doesn't work like that, folks. Anyway, so jump forward to twenty December twenty fifteen. So that's all I was at. That was December twenty fourteen. December twenty fifteen. Uh, clouds on the horizon. Um, already we've had there were seven national colleges originally proposed, and um, two of them have fallen. Uh, a year after the announcement. So uh, two of those colleges uh, were uh, rejected um, for having their, pl their plans not being sufficiently mature. Okay, fine. But at the same time, you know, a year later, funding was secured for Doncaster's National College of Iceberg Rail. So we had secure funding for the, for the, for the new building in Donny, which is, which is nice, isn't it? So jump forward to May 2016. And indeed, we have this funding, uh, this kind of confirmation of the funding um, for overall this much larger package so the, the colleges were built for you know a couple of tens of million um but the, there was a much larger chunk of cash available overall for the the national colleges program which is about 80 million quid um and this is to, to so they, they, they've reduced from seven to five na new national colleges um and um do i have a list i should have let me just let me just quickly fly in and check if i've got if where I've, where i've put my list of them uh, let me let's have a look 
Oh, yeah, wait a minute. Let's have a look. Yeah, so let me just whiz up here and dump the... Dump that in uh, here. Yes, so, fine. Next slide is... Um, so the, the, those those five colleges are these. It was... Okay, so we know about the National College for High-Speed Rail. Lovely tick. Uh, there was a National College for Nuclear. Um, there was a National College for Onshore Oil and Gas. Oh, okay. Uh, National College for Digital Skills. National College for the Creative and Cultural Industries. Okay. And then these are the two rejected ones. So we've already rejected the National College for Wind Energy and the National College for Advanced Manufacturing. Both rejected. I think this one was Hull. Hull? Question mark. And this one, I think, was supposed to be Sheffield. Uh, I think. Uh, but both those uh, rejected. Gone. So, um, meanwhile, same time, uh, they've start actually building the, the, the two colleges in, in, in Birmingham and Doncaster. Those start being built. Marvellous. Um, jump fours. So that's in, when was that? That was May 2016. By the time you get to end of 2016, these things are built and they're already kind of, they're starting to show people around. And indeed, uh, at the end of 2016, I was given a tour of the Doncaster facility. I was invited along with other guests, I think probably because of my uh, role as uh, the, the, the chair of the, the York section of the Permanent Way Institution. Uh, no, not chair, sorry, the secretary uh, of the York PWI was in, invited to have a tour. And they actually asked me if I was interested in teaching uh, at the college, which I was, as it happens. And so February 2017 was my, when I had my first, you know, the 7th of February, in fact, the day before my birthday. Um, actually, you know what's funny? I've written 2017. This is this is shows what happens when you rush these things together. Uh, I started in 18, not 17, <laughs> as you can see by my tweet underneath. Um, yes, they. I had a tour, sorry, in late 17 when it had opened, and then I was asked to come and speak. Uh, it's be part of it by the end of the year. That was the middle of the year, actually. I had the tour of 2017, and I was asked to come and join the college in 2018. So I did. Uh, I went along and um, started delivering lectures in, in 2018 to to be part of um, uh, for for I delivered a course called Introduction to Track Engineering, uh, but I delivered other bits and pieces on risk management and a few other things here and there um, to a rather empty college. But more on that momentarily. So um, yeah, so if I started in February 2018, by October 2018, I was I was not teaching many students, so I was only giving well I was only lecturing. To, couple of times a month um so you know i was actually losing money I, I, I was paid less at the college than i was for the day job that i took annually you know unpaid leave to, to to depart from but that wasn't the point the point was i was doing my bit to to help further skills and i was also doing lecturing which is something i'd always been interested in and um i'm very much enjoyed yeah so here's the ft picking up the fact that um supposed to be training 3200 students a year the college had enrolled by this point just 96 so within a year of kind of really kicking off it only recruited 96 students yeah not great um so if we jump forward so that's if that was end of 2018 we jumped to may 19 and the college oh, by the way do i have them behind me uh i think i do actually uh, hold hold are they behind me i've got my two badges behind me from the college actually i think i might have yeah i've got my staff but you know got my staff oh, you can't see because i'm not big face let's go big face look it's my this is my staff lanyard because i was a sessional lecturer and then they cut all the sessional contracts during covid so 
Yeah, yeah. Uh, but I've also got the two. I've got them somewhere. Where have I put them? I've got the two, my two name badges. I'm gonna I'm totally gonna go and find them in a sec. Um. Uh, anyway, uh, I'll do that as bonus content after the after the credits. How's that? That, that sounds fun. Anyway, May 2019. Uh, the problems were widening, and the confidence in the college was absolutely flip. Was 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 not there was not good confidence in the college, um, and so the National College of High Speed Rail, which already had a, is a stupid name because it's it was not a high speed rail college. It was just a rail college. But you have to have a flashy name. Um, not flashy enough. Uh, they decide that they're thinking about changing their name. So uh, they put out a consultation to change the name. And they decide what that name should be in October 2019. I've now been teaching there for, what, a year and a half? A bit more. Um, and they decide, the flagship rail college, the clues in what people actually call it, um, they decide that they're going to call it, that's right, they're going to call it, NCAT, what? The National, no, College, the all, adva um, uh, Advanced Transport and Infrastructure National College for Advanced, oh dear. Yes, not great. Um, what does this mean? I don't know. They didn't know. Claire Mowbray didn't know. Nobody knows. The rail industry that funded the, pro the whole thing, because yeah, there was match funding essentially between government and industry, they didn't know. Um, this was a stupid idea. Why did they call it this? The logic was that they'd be able to pull people in um, who other people who weren't in the rail industry, um, you know, like people who were going to build Heathrow's third runway. <coughs> um, anyway, so yeah, they changed the name, uh, and obviously that was didn't, didn't go well um, because things continued to not be good in terms of recruitment. Um, and indeed, yeah, come February twenty twenty, uh, not related to the fact that I've been teaching there for two years. Um, I could, I got great. I had excellent student feedback, um, but the bigger picture of the college was bad. Uh, crisis hit HS2 College hires lawyers to gag Ofsted. That's right, because Ofsted. Hello, Ofsted. Um, Ofsted are a bad organisation. They kind of essentially have to exist. Fine, but the fact that schools live and die by Ofsted ratings and it results in teacher suicide is and uh, uh, you know, absolutely just. D d systematically demolish kind of what Ofsted does these days and change it, fundamentally alter it and change it. But anyway, that's another story, another episode. Um, so, uh, yes, Ofsted uh, uh, rated the school, the uh, National College for High Speed Rail uh, inadequate. Uh, quality of education, inadequate. Behaviour and attitudes, inadequate. Personal development requires improvement. Leadership and management, inadequate. <laughs> Hell yeah. Uh, adult learning programmes requires improvement. Apprenticeships, inadequate there we are so um not good that is uh not a resounding um positive representation of the, of the, the teaching establishment um uh i'll i just check I, by the way before this I, I was like oh no please tell me i wasn't teaching there between the fifth and the eighth i didn't i wasn't there for inspection they didn't see my teaching uh, i was in fact working uh, at our uh, in my day job uh, between the fifth and the eighth of november uh my lord anyway so uh and they tried to gag this you know the college tried to gag this because it was like no but they were even fewer people will come to the college you know we've got like 20 people in here even fewer people will come at this point by the way they were offering what i would classify as a scam which is a certificate of higher education which if you do this don't everyone on here do not do the certificate of higher education because if you do it it will you get that that counts as your first degree 
and it means you cannot use student finance for a real degree afterwards if you want to go from a cert HE into, say, a bachelor's or a master's. Do not do a certificate of higher education. And if you do do it, it should be funded by someone else. Um, yeah, anyway, um, other things. So, okay, right, so bad things are happening because by May 2021... So COVID had already been kind of created some problems through 2020 and, and that confidence had ebbed away, but also other things. Oh, wait, what else is going on with the with where other things in the railways? Hmm, I wonder. Because in May 2021, the second uh, national college was officially dissolved. We'd already dissolved another one at this point, by the way, folks. Um, uh, yeah, the, sec- the National College for High Speed Rail was uh, officially dissolved. Jumped to July 2023 and... Um, this, as in next month, is when the college will officially cease to exist. Um, pretty sad times, to be honest. So that's the timeline. Didn't really get anywhere, did it? I would argue it that we created a fantastic building with some fantastic facilities and resources and then proceeded to just waste them horribly. And that's not to say that the several hundred students that did pass through the college were a waste. They absolutely were not. I've taught a good chunk of them and they are brilliant. But... 3,200 was the throughput, the annual throughput that the college was designed to, to cope with both campuses. And uh, how many was it putting through? Less than 100. Yeah, and that number diminished. Yikes. And indeed, yeah, you go to the the, the NCATI website and it's just a, a slightly depressing. You can click in and read the statement. Um, shout out to everyone who was at the college who, you know, Andrew, Frank, uh, Emma, others who who I work with at the college, who were really nice, ded- who were really dedicated, further education practitioners, uh, who who were good actually, and were let down by very shoddy management, and more importantly, let down by Britain, let down by the way that we are and the way that we invest in infrastructure. Um, what about the other national colleges? Before we get into the meat uh, and the kind of the Q and A on what the hell was going on, what about the other national colleges? Um, so we have the National College of Israel, which we know um, as Kaputsky. Uh, National College for Nuclear, Onshore Oil and Gas, Digital Skills, Creative, Cultural Industries, Wind Energy, and Advanced Manufacturing. Right. We, so we know that wind energy and uh, advanced manufacturing got pinned off. We know they're done. Uh, we know that we've lost the National College for High Speed Rail. What about these four here? Well, um, actually, the National College for um, Digital Skills uh, still exists, kind of mostly in its intended form. So that's good, I think. Uh, the National College for Nuclear, I believe, still exists kind of in its current form. However, um, the National College for Creative Industries uh, does not. It has been spun out into a, a watered-down thing, and its name is probably going to end up being lost to the annals of time. Um, and indeed, the um, the National College for Oil and Gas never came to exist <laughs> it never it never came actually became a thing it kind of canned itself off before it ever really arrived um so what well, i mean okay so the the national colleges as, as an initiative you'd say was a, a complete failure right okay well, what about the, the industrial strategy so so that was 80 million quid just thrown up the swanee what about the industrial strategy well, well that surely was a was a pretty good idea well that's that's come to some come to something oh the aim of the industrial strategy was oh, to boost productivity by backing businesses to create good jobs and increase the earning power. Of da, 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 da. In the four years since the strategy was published, the UK's business and economic environment has changed. Uh-uh. Creating and supporting jobs remains the government's central economic focus, but helping to drive growth in existing new and emerging industries is also a priority. Ah, uh, wizard will fix it type stuff. This is why we are transitioning 
transitioning. The industrial strategy and try to plan for growth and its related strategies. Ah, so they've, they've, they've killed the industrial strategy. Right, okay. What about Bayes? Bayes, you know, the creator of all this, the instigator of the industrial strategy, the, 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 the uh, author of all our pain. Uh, oh, the Department for Business, Energy and Industrial Strategy was replaced by the Department for Energy, Security and Net Zero, the Department for Science, Innovation, Technology and the B Department for Business and Trade. Um, one of the things that's slightly more interesting here is uh, responsibility for uh, investment policy uh, has gone to the cabinet office. So uh, once again, an overpowerful, centralized, uh, kind of uh, entirely undemocratic part of government there. Uh, oh, oh, well, OK. So base is also dead. Fantastic. So what went wrong at the National College of Hospital? What actually went wrong? You know, let's. This is this is the Q and A bit where I'm going to throw up and kind of throw throw up uh, my face in large form and try and answer some questions and, and, and thoughts. Um, I mean, Treasury fundamentally, fundamentally, as you know, Treasury is the issue because you, you do not, you cannot create skills by just training people. You need there to be somewhere that they can go. They need to. They, they need firstly because they're not going to join a college going. Oh, I don't, oh, very few people will join a college without there being a destination for their what they're doing. Plenty of people do, and 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 we should encourage them to join, you know, further or higher education because they don't know what they want to do and they just want to try something out. That's fine. But I would generally say, for the most part, particularly for apprenticeships, if you want to grow apprenticeships, you're not going to get apprenticeships. I mean, you, fundamentally, the way that apprenticeships work, they don't work if um, there isn't anywhere for those people to go. And in order for those people to have jobs to go to. The companies that work in the construction industry, particularly the railways, need to have confidence about the future. They need to be projects for them to be employing people on. They need to have more than a three or six month look at it. It takes three, four, five, six years to train up staff. So if you've only got, let's get my large face here. If you've only got a look ahead of like six months, then you cannot plan for the future. Companies will continue stretching staff, relying on overtime, uh, relying on contingent labor, um, that, that has the kind of the minimum level of training to deliver what's needed. You're not going to send people to, to improve their skills through a college. You're going to you're going to go for minimum possible, you know, minimum viable workforce skill, which means going to one of the various outsourcing companies, bringing in people wearing orange who have the minimum of, of skills, uh, who cost as little as possible, um, and relying entirely on them. Now, what was that timeline again for the college's problems? Now. Overall, so I'm going to go from the biggest down to, to, to smaller things as, as we go on. And feel free to chuck questions my way, by the way. Um, uh, Martin Haynes is saying that the uh, the Advanced Manufacturing College ended up being picked up by the University of Sheffield. Yeah, they kind of in, they kind of took the idea and ran with it as, a, as their own internal business model, didn't they? Um, for, for kind of a bit of a department. So do chuck questions in my direction, by the way. Um, it's interesting that oh, the cursed ratio, by the way, 52 to 48%. 52% of you have heard the, the National College of Vice Bill before this, and 48% of you had not. The bloody curse ratio. Anyway. Um, so, let's go. So, Treasury, big one. Let's go for High Speed 2. So, this was, you know, the, 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 the college was part of the High Speed 2 plan. It wasn't part of the project, but it was it was considered within part of the plan, and, and HS2 sort of were one of the major sponsors of the, pro, of, of, the of the college. And they saw the college as an important part of delivering the skills to build build the project. Um, it didn't end up working that way, partly because the supply chain, they couldn't command the supply chain to send people to the college. They could politely wink and nudge. They could, you know, 
share a nice meal or two with bosses from various companies, but they couldn't actually make it happen. I wish I'd taken... I should have brought my picture of... Um, uh, where I had all the sponsors from inside the college, and it actually says all the different names of the organisations that that were involved with and and supported the 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 um, the, the high speed rail college. Anyway, um, so yeah, high speed two. Now, bearing in mind that high speed two, so by the time that high speed two was start, you know, we had Okavi fairly early on in the college's lifespan. Okavi made the stupid call to mess around with Houston. As we know, thanks to the National Audit Office, that was an incredibly expensive mistake. Um, so screwing around with Houston, that was the beginning of the of the long road to slashing and hashing up High Speed 2, coinciding with the college essentially um, going down the toilet, you know, uh, announcing it's it's the beginning, the beginning of the end of itself. What was that? Now, that was 2021. I wonder. Hmm, that's right. It coincided with pretty closely with the integrated rail plan and the summary execution of several major parts of HS2, which has continued to happen. They've continued to chop back more and more. Um, I've got colleagues who are being told to... I literally don't care about saying this now. Yeah, I've, been, I've got colleagues who are working on HS2 right now who are being told to stop work on anything that isn't the direct route into Birmingham. So... There are people doing detailed checks, stuff that takes months on bridges for the section that loops around Litchfield to connect up to the to, to provide link the railway at least a connection onto the West Coast Main Line, um, heading northwards, and they, that is being chopped. That's currently off the table. That's been taken off the table by government, um, which is absolutely barking mad and bonkers. Uh, just baffling, absolutely baffling situation. Um, so, so all these, so, so with all this confident in the, the flagship rail project of the country being wiped out. What about the rest of the rail industry? Because, okay, so the, I, I said, okay, it wasn't all about high-speed rail. It, it was about the rail industry more more broadly and, and, and the confidence in that. Well, what have we had? We've had, bearing in mind that electrification, you know, we taught electrification engineers that there was an electrification course. Electrification rolling program hasn't happened. TDNS was, was shoeboxed um, and shredded. Uh, there is no, you know, we've had electrification projects just being repeatedly scaled back. Um, what else? Okay, so electrification, right. Well, what about, you know, the broader rail network enhancements pipeline? Ah, yeah, no, it's not been published since 2019. We're at like, what, four years since since there's been any look ahead as to what the, 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 the long-term pipeline will work. Or even that even isn't even a long-term pipeline. It's only a few years. But a, a, a mul- any more than a year look ahead of, of a pipeline of work? So is it any wonder that the entire construct, you know, rail sector and the and the construction industry has not recruited at scale and sent and brought people through the college? It is no wonder. Of course, it's no wonder. Um, no, uh, Adam Evans, you're getting confused. Um, the the chopping of the set connection to the West Coast Main Line um, is the the Graham Brady bit is the connection up at Manchester, the Goldbourne link, to connect onto the West Coast Main Line. No, I'm talking about the connection at the top of Phase 1 that connect just north of Birmingham connects to the West Coast Main Line. So that's the only connection of High Speed 2 to the Main Line Railway Network that is being that has been chopped. So that means that H- HS2, those trains will be unable to serve anywhere other than Old Oak Common, and the two Birmingham stations. That's it. Um, yeah. Uh, yes, indeed. 
Um, uh, yeah, exactly as Michael C is saying. So just hopeless. So, okay, so we've gone, right. Overall confidence in investment, low. So companies are, are, are nervous to do anything kind of involving growing skills. HS2 being sliced, diced as much as possible. So obviously, um, they have their ability to create interest for contractors has been massively diminished. The rail industry at large, very little look ahead in terms of investment. So all these things, you, do, you don't, you just, you don't, you don't magically send people through a college to just like lemmings off a cliff. People, those, those, those kids, those, those eighteen-year-olds, they're not kids really. They're young adults. These young adults are not going to join an industry that has no future. And that, bear in mind, that's currently the situation for our rail industry is that there, from a, from an, from a, an enhancement and an expansion perspective, there is no future. That's the that's the reality. That's what happens materially. Just because there's gen, generic talk of OE West Rail or oh the magical electrification here and there, or even Transpennine route upgrade. The other thing, of course, is that for some of the kind of the core programs, yeah, you know, Transpennine route upgrade has its own training regime and, and has encouraged apprenticeships. You know, the odd apprenticeship, apprenticeship here and there, but those are done again a lack of overall coordination. Those have been done through, you know, Sheffield Hallam, although Sheffield Hallam, I believe, are closing their, their track apprenticeship scheme, for example. So the, those opportunities are, clo- are, are, you know, are disappearing. And they're disappearing because actually we've seen a contraction in, in aspiration for the rail industry. And it's incredibly depressing. What about the actual college itself, though? Because it wasn't just external factors. There are plenty of external factors. And, and I could feel free to lots of questions. Um, you know, chuck me questions at my name in so I can spot those questions. Um, but what about the internal issues in the college? Because it wasn't just external issues. So when I arrived at the college and, and had some chats with very senior people, they were interviewing me and asking me about you know what, what I was going to do. I I brought up well you know, I kind of said in conversation I said well obviously there are going to be you know challenges with recruitment at this point because we're at the end of a control period, um, and you know, obviously the contractors are not going to be recruiting. They're not going to be expanding the workforce necessarily until they know whether they've hooked onto the big frameworks, and I got blank stares back from very senior management. This is people who are coordinating, bringing people into the college, coordinating with the, the, the kind of the big, the, the big contractors, particularly, you know, the, the you know, the Volkers and the, and the, um, even then was it Carillion even then still, but, but certainly, you know, it's like Volkers is Costains, all these sorts. And then the, the consultancies like Atkins and, and, and Arup and, and Acom and, and so on to get a blank stare when I described the main reason you would not have students coming through the college, i.e. it's the end of a control period, it's the end of a network rail control period, a funding period, to have blank stares was, I, I sat there and I thought, well, oh, this is not going to go well. Now, selfishly, I was like, if it's given me experience teaching and I am and I get to teach some students, which I knew I had some students kind of in the bag, that, there were going to be students in the bag at that point, and you know, my, my hours commitment wasn't huge at that point anyway, I was, you know, quite happy to, to do that teaching and, and, and kind of brush up on my teaching skills in that. But very early on, it was quite clear that the college was not being managed by people who understood the rail industry. And it was primarily being led by people with a further education background. But even then, I didn't get, you know, so there were some good further education people coming in at a teaching level. Um, who I had ha, had and continue to have a lot of time for, and they kind of remind me of the importance and the value of um, of further education. And 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 so it's you know you know, the likes of Andy who who 
had a bit of a railway background in and, and kind of was was kind of local to the area as well and there's kind of again there's this local to the, the 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 trainers the 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 teaching staff were a lot of them local to the area so this is a you know it's a bit of a giving something back to Doncaster an area that lost touch really with its connection to to kind of training new people yes there was still a, there's still very much a presence from from a from, you know the railway still very much have a presence an engineering presence in Doncaster with with what's left of 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 Wabtec and you know, the likes of Romberg Sersa and Trackwork and, and, and others who, you know, the other railway presences within um, within Doncaster. But but that training had been lost and the college, again, was an opportunity to, to be to be that hub for a lot of the, the hub for much of Yorkshire in the north, really. Um, again, lost. But that, that that went, that, so front frontline teaching, fine. There was a huge amount of high, over high, way too much high tech stuff. I mean, maybe that's just because I'm out of touch with the way teaching is now. There are so many systems because it was a high tech college. It was lots of computer systems to run everything. It all was a little bit um, OTT from, from, from my taste, particularly when you had, you know, 50 people at the college um, at max. But the, um, it went further up the top because you had several very highly paid. You know, the CEO, Claire Mowbray, was paid what, like, 50k more than the prime minister or something you know so we had several very highly paid people and i have to say when you trace the the the, the leg you know you trace the lineage of some of the people who are on the board and some of the people at the top of the college you start kind of getting a bit conspiratorial like what well, well, okay so that that let frog they let let frog to there then to there hmm okay and I, you know claire was let go um and, and replaced um I suppose the board wanted blood, and 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 Claire Mowbray was the person they they kind of threw to the dogs, but I think there was there was not a great I I, I don't think it was a great legacy, and and for for the, the for the top level team to have no understanding of the way the rail industry actually worked is was it was never going to go well, it never was going to go well. Um, do store up the questions. I will um I'll tell you what you know what I'll I'll do a couple of questions now actually. So, um. Uh, right, let, let, what have we got? Uh, Master Trams, yes, the Litchfield connection is being chopped. Yes, that's right. Um, uh, Master Trams helped write and complete the SCP timetable for that blockade. Uh, yes, indeed. Uh, been chopped. Um, Zydit, uh, I, forgive me if I've not pronounced your uh, handle correctly. I'm an engineering student in Aberdeen. Any recommendations on getting into the industry? Tried uh, internships this year, including Arcadis, uh, and got nothing. Any other recommendations? Oh, God. Well, it's kind of... Uh, I mean... It's a weird time because it, the reality is getting into the industry now is a good idea because at some point, the morons are going to have to be swept to one side and someone's going to have to realise that we have no other alternative other than to do massive, big rail, you know, big railway, capital B, capital R, to, to, to get us out of our carbon emissions hole. So it's a good time to join the industry. The trouble is, for all the reasons I've just discussed... You know, capitalism means that these stupid companies we work that, that that I work for and that other people work for don't aren't necessarily willing to take a punt on the future of Britain's railways. And the companies that you know, consultancies, for example, are, are, are genuinely the business plans are going. Yeah, we're just not looking at the future in 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 Britain. We're we're planning to expand what work we deliver in other countries. You know, uh, English speaking or or indeed some other countries we can get access to. Of course, because Britain's always been fairly insular, we don't have good access into the local European market. You know, Brexit notwithstanding, um, we don't have good access into the local European market. Even though the local European market has really good access into the UK, because you know, for example, HS2 is mostly being delivered by Spanish and French engineers. So, um, yeah, that doesn't mean it's not a good 
idea for you to keep pushing and how, how to get in. So in terms of actually getting into the industry, you might find it easier to, to go through a contractor to start with rather than a consultancy because contractors generally have a higher number of apprenticeships and, and a higher number of, of internships. Um, so Aberdeen is trickier for sure. One of the other things to perhaps, so, so you know, approach Network Rail, see if you can contact someone locally in Network Rail um, uh, and see what that might look like. But yeah, being up in Aberdeen, maybe what I'd recommend doing is making yourself available to travel. So consider maybe doing the internship down in Glasgow. If you've got anyone that you can stay with down in Glasgow, you'll find it a lot easier. Uh, yeah, Aberdeen up a, bit, a little bit out of it for, for, for kind of a, a, people other than frontline operational staff. Um, so let's see. Uh, Xander. Hi, Xander. Um, would have, uh, focusing, would focusing on further training for post-degree students or offering rail-related modules in other universities' courses work that better? Uh, e.g. OLE for electrical engineers. Well, they were trying to do that. The trouble is, as a college, it was a bit weird in the way that it accredited things. It didn't, it took a really, because of its relationship to the big, ooh, apprentices, apprenticeships push that was happening from Bayes at the time, it kind of didn't coordinate it didn't coordinate very well with with the professional institutions so it, it didn't bother to reach out to permanent way institution on a formal you know accreditation level ICE uh, IET it didn't, just didn't really take this tack it kind of casually spoke to them but it didn't have this didn't establish those links early doors to get accreditation so that those courses could and it, yeah agreed I, you know for me the college could have been a a hub for all the different universities to actually do their courses together. It was an opportunity for them. But again, we have a marketized, commercialized university sector, so they all compete with each other rather than collaborate. Uh, yeah, that's uh, another whole story, isn't it? Uh, Lewis Bergen, uh, what actions can people take? I fear that MPs are getting fatigued by the media's uh, view um, uh, what a railway is and should be compared to what we need. Write to your MP. Uh, Rail Matter is all about providing you the information, the tools for you to seek out the information uh, and to write to your MP, to equip you to feel comfortable to to write to your MP and tell them what the rail in industry needs and what, what the, the rail network should look like. Um, yeah, Gareth is saying, uh, it's a vicious circle. We don't have enough engineers, uh, so we import them, so we're not able to train our engineers, so, so we import more. Yeah, uh, 100%. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, HS2, we don't have the consulting engineers or the contracting engineers to deliver infrastructure like that. HS2 was supposed to, and I said that there's a, there's a good interview that oh, it's got very watered, kind of it got very reduced, but I did a good interview for someone in, um, what was it? It might be in the, it might be in the Sunday Times, actually, which, okay. It was a, it was actually a good interview. It was from, by Laith. Uh, please tell me Laith doesn't have dubious views, but Laith seemed, I went through their Twitter timeline, it seemed fairly all right. Anyway, um, so, it, it, it yeah, it's, it, it, so we bring in staff to, you know, the, the high, yeah, sorry, I lost my point. I've now back on my point. High Speed 2 was supposed to be an opportunity for us to kind of get back ahead of things in terms of those those railway skills. We we continue to be pretty pretty cutting cutting edge when it comes to kind of conventional railways. You know, Network Rail is is, is up there with being at the, at kind of the, the, the state of the art in terms of running a, a, a modern railway system, which might surprise some people here in terms of from an infrastructure and a, and a you know, investment you know, kind of an infrastructure perspective. But the, um, uh, I don't, I don't know why that arrow is. What is that? 
Anyway, I don't know. I'm seeing weird heart thing has appeared that YouTube's just placed. I don't know what that means. Uh, what does it mean? I don't know what it means. Um, yeah, anyway. Um, sorry. YouTube distracted me. No, that's the point. I'm supposed to get distracted by YouTube. So it was supposed to, HS2 was supposed to allow us to learn those, to, to grow a skilled workforce, to, you know, right away from, bot, from, from like people starting in, the, in their career to, to senior principal chief engineers and allow us to kind of get to the point where we can export some of those skills again. Um, and let me tell you the extent to which that has not happened. Partly through the this and it's just, it's just the vicious cycle, you know, the lack of other rail stuff going on, the lack of long term plan, and the lack of confidence in in what HS2 would actually materially look like, um, and what those contracts would actually look like, has resulted in, and also the push for cheapness from government, you know, government pushing for cheap, 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 you know, efficiencies, reduce the costs, oh, reduce the costs, oh, it's dreadful that it's costing so much, oh, well, means that companies go well, okay, if you want to reduce the cost of this, then then we're just We'll rely on over, you know, we'll we'll not recruit anymore any new staff. Uh, we'll build our we'll build around a minimum staff proposition. Um, yeah, so uh, not good, right? Okay, let's 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 go back to it's a cracky. I, was, I thought it was going to be a short one. It's already quarter two. Let's uh, let's go small face again. So, uh, was it a good idea? Well, <clears throat> for kind of all the reasons I've just talked about, really, I, I've hinted all the bad things I've said. I've hinted the fact that it, yes, it is a good idea. It was a very good idea. Uh, I think it was misused. I think it was not well stitched into the wider industry. Forgive me for using a couple of older logos here, but this is this is kind of some of the various professional institutions up here. Uh, very, I kind of I've picked three, but there are multiple universities that 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 are part of Ukraine or or in, but but even broader than Ukraine. You know the the UK um, Rail Research Innovation Network. I think that's right, isn't it? It's the basically a connecting group of of universities that do railway research. But beyond Ukraine as well, universities and colleges that do railway stuff, all of them could have fed into, um, you know, into the into the, the the national college what it should have been, which is the National College for Rail, or the National Rail College. You know, it could have been the National Rail College. And to my mind, they should have, you know, uh, NSAR and NTAR, which I find confusing that they both are separate things. I don't know why they're not the same thing. Um, those should have used facilities. They should have based themselves, even if it was just their address and they kind of didn't change much, they should have based themselves at the High Speed Rail College so that this became, you know, it became, the National College for Rail became a focus of skills enhancement for the for the industry. I mean, to be fair, uh, Neil was right to actually keep their distance. All these things were keeping their distance from the college because they weren't sure whether it would it would go south. But that's a pretty damning indictment on, 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 on the situation. But the... The National College of Rail, as it should have been called, could have been the glue between all these things. You know, it could have been, you know, as a permanent way institution, we deliver our training. We, we, we have to hire out space at the at what's a glorified conference. Well, it is a conference centre, the former training centre in Derby, or we go elsewhere. Um, how great would it be if we could have been at, in, in Birmingham or in Doncaster at a dedicated railway teaching facility rather than what was a dedicated rail teaching facility and is now just a generic conference centre in Darbados? Um, how great would it be if, if you could have... As a, as a, you know, for example, the PWI could have had its 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 sort of post office, or, you know, its, its PO box could have been at the National Rail uh, College for Rail, could have been a a hub for skills. You could have had, you know, the PWI could have held conferences there because it's a fantastic com was a fantastic conference venue, loads of space, big lecture spaces, uh, really grand sort of keynote spaces with the trains behind. Uh, you know, you could there's you could do uh, and indeed did as did happen. They did lots of, of research there. They were doing research on the slab track. There was an OLE-based research going on. 
um, or just, you know, it was an, a fantastic facility, um, not just from the skills perspective, but just as a, as a unifier, as a, as a hub for lots of kind of rail stuff. Um, but what happens to all of that? You know, what happens to the site? You know, Doncaster particularly. So the the Birmingham site, I think, has moved entirely to to become part of the University of Birmingham. So that that that's kind of I think they've gobbled that up and, and it's kind of been sustained. But what about what about the Doncaster facility? It's a fantastic, really nice. It had a, it had a good canteen until they sacked everyone there, um, amongst other things. It's a fantastic building. Look at it. It's great. It's iconic. It's got this. It it it, it looks good. That's fine. We should have nice stuff. The education places should look snazzy. Yes, okay, it's 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 fairly plasticky, but but actually, you know, you went in there and it was it's a pretty grand building. It's a fantastic space. There was low. It's it just it was really really good. Um, I enjoyed teaching there. There's a lot of facilities, lots of stuff. You know, there was loads of bits of you know. This was useful for me because I could talk about vehicle dynamics. I could go. There were several bogies from different trains. Uh, there was uh, bits of there were various. Uh, pantographs and bits of OLE. Uh, I could 3D print stuff, so I was me 3D printing some uh, some SNC here. Um, as you can see, that's uh, I believe a CV13, and this is an H switch there, showing you the size difference between different uh, trains. Anyway, um, and obviously some some Hornby. Actually, these this and this are mine, and they're still in the college. So if they bulldoze it with my Hornby in it, I'd be unhappy. Um, and uh, actually, I've got quite a few things in in the college still that are mine. I should probably try and attempt to collect at some point they also this is some stuff from uh some mock-ups for for the class 777 they had quite a lot of stuff for looking at accessibility they actually had these mock-ups to understand accessibility in trains so there's quite a lot of stuff that, that you could do um yeah and that's that's that was indoors you know you had loads of good classroom there was classrooms the facilities really good like you know you touch screen doodles Anyway, yes, that's me uh, yammering on. Um, <laughs> yes, there's, there's all the outside facilities. There, there's loads of stuff. There's slab track. There's oh, also oh, yeah, yeah, there's me underneath the train in the top corner. So that's not outside. That's inside. But there was a there was a pit track that you can actually get get underneath the train. Um, yeah, the, uh, the they're just fantastic facilities for me to do teaching on. Uh, just you know, just really good facilities, and they've all been they've all been lost. Um, yeah, very very annoying. I don't know why my why is this. Yeah, Ella, you've you've joined. Hello, you've you but you have to just turn the overall volume down. We have a, a louder mic setup. Everyone who watches this, sorry that the episodes have now got louder, but I've finally got a better setup. So this should be about the same volume as other videos on YouTube now. Um, what have we lost? Well, for me, the main thing we've lost uh, here's Caitlin, one of my first students. She went on to she went she was a uh, mechanical engineer for. She mechanical engineer. Anyway, she was basically she went into train maintenance for Trans Pennine, um, and she was brilliant. Uh, Liam Wakefield, shout out to Liam, was also really keen. Went into Romberg Sursa. Uh, the fact there are two chaps who went into Romberg Sursa. Uh, the people I taught were brilliant. You know, and successive years of students, but particularly the first cohort were really good. And what's really upsetting is, like, Caitlin's gone on to to have a an already fantastic career so far. I hope I really I haven't I haven't looked recently to see if she's still in the industry. I, God, I hope she is. 
because uh, if we've lost her, that would be absolutely catastrophic. She's brilliant. What's upsetting is that we've got the opportunity for lots of Caitlins, lots of people like Caitlin, skilled, keen, young people who come in, can come, who the, the, the National College was a conduit into industry, was a, was a modern-looking, you know, high-tech-looking, appealing-looking way into an industry that can look quite, firstly, can be quite tricky to work out how to get into, as, as we're seeing in the chat, but also um, is it's quite nebulous to work out how to get into. Whereas the, the college provided a, a kind of a, a, an obvious doorway. You're like, oh, okay, that gives me some opportunities. And it looked it looked clean, modern, appealing, which is, good God, what we want our industry to look like. Not, I'm afraid, what a lot of railway teaching looks like, which is, you know, shabby arse ends of further education colleges or bits of universities that people have forgotten about. It's, it, you know, it's... Yes, certainly at a further education level, but even at a higher education level, you know, even from a university perspective, if you want a railway-specific course, which of which there are very few, um, it, it's always, I'm afraid, pretty shabby. Um, so, yeah, that, I think the fact that we're losing, we're closing that door on the opportunity, not just kind of nationally, but but in the region as well, within the north and, and, and within Doncaster and, and, and South Yorkshire, an area that's pretty neglected um, uh, across the board, to be honest. And... And for me, <laughs> my ability to teach, you know, I, I absolutely love teaching at the, at the college. Um, and, you know, the feedback I got from students was always very good. Um, I, I just had an absolutely great time. Uh, you know, one of my favorite things was when I did the Railway Design Challenge, um, which was at the end of the railway course. So they'd have, they'd have like, there were six sessions of which the first four were, were teaching. And then the last two, kind of the two days, two full days, where we'd do, some of it was homework, but two, two full days where we'd kind of do a, a kind of a grip two level or kind of an early stage, actually not really grip two, grip one. We'd kind of just basically do a bit of a railway design. And their challenge was to create a railway that achieved what it needed to achieve with, with, with the minimum of, let's call it fuss, <laughs> but the minimum of, imp, of imp, impact, uh, but also working operationally and, and thinking about stations and thinking about all that sort of stuff. And, and and there are just no facilities that there's, there's no course like this. There's there's nothing that looks like this out there. I don't think anyone does a a, a design challenge like that as part of their teaching. Um, you could probably pick one like that. Actually, I know that Northumbria have got a, a, a kind of doing a bit of a nominal rail project. They've picked up Cambridge South and are running with it. But it's just it, there's just a lack of this sort of thing. Um, it's it's yeah, it's it, it's it's pretty depressing. Yeah, sorry, state of affairs. Really, um, let's go back to Big Face and have a look at any other questions. Uh, a few things bouncing through. Uh, Zyde, yeah, thanks for the info. Yeah, Aberdeen is pretty isolated for real. Loads of oil, though. Yeah, um, don't worry, the oil jobs are sinking and uh, disappearing. Um, yeah, Peter H. Oh, hello, Peter. For younger people, TFL is apprenticeship opportunities for uh, Crossrail and London Underground Rail Engineering. Yep, for sure. Um, uh, yes, efficiency savings almost always end up in increased cost down the line. Yeah, quite often, pretty often, if, if you don't think about them in any detail. Uh, Michael C. asks, do you think there's any chance of the college reopening in the future if, slash when, we get a government committed to delivering a rolling program of infrastructure investment? Well, that's a big if for starters, because uh, what's just happened to the $28 billion that was committed annually um, by the opposition? Hmm. Uh Possibly there's discussion of the rail industry wanting to attempting to keep hold of it, but who's paying for this? You know, the, the point is that it's a facility that it's an expensive facility, to, rightly. Uh, you know, it costs money to, to, to look after it and keep it going. Uh, and all those facilities, all this, all the donations that the industry's made, all of those donations are in the college. What what happens to those now? I, I, it's, it's just really depressing. Um, 
some of the videos seem rather quiet. Yeah, no, I know. Deliberately made that video quiet uh, to, to, to the one there because it was a uh, me gabbling and a deliberately me chatting over myself. Um, they didn't do any history stuff. No, Ella. It was all. Um, it was all um, ex kind of development, kind of jobs in in, in industry. Um, uh you've taught most of us how to do this well oh right i throw through rail natter yeah rail natter you all get the rail natter university degree you get all get a certificate after watching 200 hours of rail natter uh which i think there were 200 hours of rail natter about 70 episodes ago so well done you're all on your way to a to, to a master's degree now anyway right okay enough of this let me get rid of my let me get rid of my uh mug and get on with things right so uh thanks to everyone for listening to this in audio only format i hope that the audio is is better now uh, it's now a, a a more credible sounding situation now that i've got a proper microphone um uh as ever patreon.com slash gareth dennis for patreon to support this continue to happen paypal.me slash gareth dennis to, to also contribute in your own small way but also you get to throw uh, abuse at me i mean to be honest if you're a patreon person you can throw abuse at me as well um you are my producers patreon folk uh, thanks for continuing to support me gareth dennis also your, your name appears in the end credits and I, I i do update almost every episode i will go in and update so if you if you subscribe your name will appear in there um gareth dennis uk slash discord for the chat to continue forever and ever um and uh, Graham Howarth, absolutely, you can count this as CPD. And uh, Gareth Dunstall, UK slash merch for the merch. The Rail Natter, not a Metro Sorter, is, is back in there. I've not changed it. I think it's okay. It, it, yeah, if you're really unhappy, uh, then message me about it. But uh, the one I've got is, okay, so I can't exactly read the text, but it's good enough that I can remember where, where things are. I think probably the T-shirt and the tops have the print a little larger, so it comes through a bit better. I think the re print resolution isn't quite where I'd hope it to be, but it's not. It's it's okay. So I'm contemplating a simplified version, but, but I've put I've put it back on anyway, so you can get them if you want to. Um, anyway, yeah, all, all that good stuff. Next week, next week, it's episode 171, and it's the 120th anniversary of the windscreen wiper, um, or the invention of the windscreen wiper, should I say? Because um, a woman invented the windscreen wiper, and I like. Well, windscribers are great anyway because they're a fun little widget that's that's fun to talk about. But also, it's one of the, it, for me. It's a bit of a story of um, actually. This might be a pre-record because uh, in theory I'm supposed to be doing this as a pre-record, and it might be a shorter episode as well. But I, I'm going to talk about a few things that I, I think are really important. One of them is uh, because Mary Anderson was the inventor of the windscreen wiper, and she is just never. No one ever talks about her. No one ever remembers, and um, it's a case a very common case of women just get erased out of engineering history and um, continue to do so, to be honest. So it's an interesting little uh, uh, episode. Uh, hopefully there'll be some fun stuff. Essentially, it's going to be me wandering around the museum, poking, uh, just pointing at windscreen wipers and talking about the history of it. Um, but hopefully it will be uh, some interesting stuff in there. But uh, that is next week. In the meantime... I'm going to make my face become large once more when I say thanks to all of you for um, for joining and watching. Thanks to Tim for our alternative <laughs> episode intro, which I enjoyed very much. Um, and I will see all of you next week. Cheerio, everyone. Cheerio.